podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. Rich, let's run one more time. Rich will be back for the Kansas Championship preview, which will be coming to you in the next few days. In fact, we're recording it in about 24 hours' time. Really exciting. Lots of work gone into that. But today, we are celebrating... Pakistan have gone and beat Australia in Pakistan. Now, you can look at this and go, wow, this is amazing. This is the first time they've beat them in decades in Pakistan. And you're you're correct, because Australia haven't been there in decades. But the fact they lost the Test Series 1-0 on two roads and then one that did a little bit, it had huge, you know, very similar outcomes to what happened with the West Indies versus England in their Test Series, except West Indies took the cherries there. But here, Pakistan have come from behind and have gone and done it. And today we're going to take a quick look at it and say what's gone on, who's done well, who's come out with a hell of a load of credit and what does it mean? And I'm going to start off with what it means. It, the World Cup is in 2023. You're always working on this four-year cycle. Where have you been? Where are you going to go? Are you getting any better? And one day international cricket does feel a lot of the time like the most irrelevant format of cricket going around at the moment. And that's not saying, hey, we don't like one day cricket eggs. We've loved it. We've grown up with it. It's been a part and parcel of life for many years. But T20 cricket has exploded and is everywhere and it's all the time. And sometimes it's very easy for one day series like this to go under the radar. But I still feel the one day World Cup. 50-over World Cup, when it revolves around every four years, has still got a massive amount of kudos and deserves the respect it needs. So Australia started this series absolutely red hot. 313-7, plays 225. It was brilliant. Travis Head. Now, before the series, no one was quite sure where Travis Head was going to fit into this team. We assumed it was going to be four or five and have Finch, McDermott and then Lebeshang and maybe Head coming in at number four. That got turned on the head. He goes and smashes a 72-ball century and just picks off pretty much where he left off with the England bowling attack in the Ashes. Just smash, 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 12 fours, three sixes. Looking wonderful. Ben McDermott, who had an, an amazing big bash. He got two centuries, I think it was, in the big bash this year. He goes and smashes 55, looks really good at number three. Cameron Green, massive mitts. Cameron Green comes in down the order. He smashes 40-odd. And you're looking at going, wow, this Australian team is something really good. But something under the radar goes on in this Pakistan team. And I don't think the name has been given enough credit because Imanul Haq was amazing during the Test Series. Double century, double century, two centuries in one game. And just an immense amount of runs for a player that in test cricket just hasn't really set the world alight over his history. He got some runs in 2019, got dropped, came back, didn't score many runs, and now he's scoring runs and he's a different player. He's a better player. He's a good-looking cricketer. Looks smart with glasses on when he's batting. He scores 100 and Babar Azam sets the tone for how his series is going to go with 57. Yeah, it's off 72 and people go, oh, Babar Azam, you just don't score quick enough. Just lay off the guy. If you've got a guy that is averaging 58 in one day international cricket, it doesn't matter if he's not scoring at 100 strike rate every single time that he goes and takes the pitch. It's about the team game, the team situation. Sure, he might have batted a little slow here, but that doesn't mean it was easy because only two players scored above 20 in the innings for Pakistan. So that's saying it's not easy, and Australia probably did pretty well. Adam Zampa's got the most wickets in the cricket World Cup Super League. I think that's what we're calling it, which essentially comes out with the rankings of, hey, these guys get automatic qualification for the Super 12 section of the Cricket World Cup. It's very complicated, 
very pointless and is on a lifeline because I think it's been replaced given when the next World Cup cycle revolves around. He picked up 4 for 38 and looked really good. So you're looking at it and you're going, Australia are in a really solid position here. And then the next game, they come out again and they look amazing. 348 for 8. Travis Head threw away a century, 89 off 70 balls, and then got out playing a, a pretty average, I think it was a sweep shot, I just, it was just rubbish. It was absolutely rubbish. Aaron Finch may or may not go under your radar because he's he's not set the world alight during the whole series. A series, let me add, that Australia batted first in the whole time. Finch came away with two ducks. Aaron Finch is having one of the worst sections of cricket he's probably ever had since he picked up a bat and played in the backyard with his best mate. He is in the doldrums. He's been poor in the big bash. He's been poor in T20 cricket. I'm surprised, and I'm pretty sure he did. I'm surprised he got picked up in the IPL. I'm sure he's there. And here we saw him get out first ball to Shine Shorafridi. And there's no, you know, Shine Shorafridi is a wonderful cricketer. Four for 63 going at 6.3 and over when a team scores 348. That's pretty special, mate. But after... Travis Head threw his wickets away. It was down to Benny Mack again. And Benny Mack, hey, Benny Mack, when are you coming back? 104 off 108 balls, 10 fours, uh, four sixes. Absolutely brilliant. Supported by Stoinis, who's got guns for days, can smash it. And he did here. 148 strike rate scores, 49. Marnus, 59 off 49. Can he play one day international cricket? Yes, he can. And he can do it at a decent rate. One thing Marnus will do, he'll put a price on his wicket. And two, he'll rotate the strike really, really well. And he did that here. Only five, five fours coming from his 59, but looked really, really good in the process. And then we turn into one of the most remarkable run chases ever seen. Records are there for a reason. And records are special when you beat them and beat them. They did. This was Pakistan's greatest ever one-day international run chase. 349 for four. Did it with six balls to spare. And who Went and performed. One, he's just like looking at their T20 lineup. Fakir Zaman scored runs at the top. He's a good player. 67 or 64 balls, 104 strike rate. There's a theme in terms of strike rates. Emmanuel Hack. Hey, how good are you, Emmanuel Hack? Well, I scored 106 off 97 balls. So I'm pretty good, thank you. And in doing so during this series, became the fifth fastest person to 2,000 one-day international runs behind. Babar Azam, Kevin Peterson, Zahir Abbas, and Hashim Amla. Is that, is that good people to kind of hang around and have your name in the conversation? I think it is, your man. You've done really well, mate. But Babarazam kind of takes the cheese out of this. 114 off 83 balls. Can he score at faster than a 70-80 strike rate? Yes, 137 strike rate here. 11 falls, 1-6. Great manipulation of the field. Great rotation of the strike. Took control of whoever was bowling. Adam Zampa, we've seen how good he is in any white ball format in middle overs. Well, he wasn't up to it here. 2 for 71 going at 7.1 uh, and over. All thanks to Babra Zam. And Shah came in at the end, 27 off 26. And they managed to walk themselves home at 7.12 and over. And these are the sort of run chases you might see more and more of in this format of cricket. One, T20 cricket is evolving. It's evolved from its initial format to where it is now. There's more structure. There's more game plan. There's, there's more just rigour around how we go about doing things and more understanding about how, what it takes to make scores. And nothing is unchaseable. 15 and over for 10 overs is achievable. And here we saw Pakistan chase 349. Like there's no tomorrow. There's there's no problems about it. And it's set up what's gone on today. 
What's got on today is something that kind of it doesn't defy logic of what we've seen in the series, but it kind of runs the same path as Test match cricket, road, road, bit difficult. England, West Indies, road, road, it gets a little bit difficult. And here, Australia batting first, 210 all out. First ball of the game. He's done it again. Would you believe it? Shine Shah Afridi cleans up Travis Head. Head's had a superb series and really pull his name in the mix up to go, hey, I'm Australia's Open come World Cup time. But you're out. Harris Ralph, who is a wonderfully talented cricketer and is off to ply his trade in England, even in county cricket at Yorkshire next year. He picks up Aaron Finch. Labashane doesn't last long. He goes. Harris Ralph gets another one. Nicks off. Benny Mack hands around. He gets 36. Stoinis comes and goes. And this might be the problem with Stoinis. Stoinis coming into this lineup at five, goes at a runner ball, scores 19. Stoinis has got to be your guy that's bad in the last... 10 15 overs of the innings. And yes, they are missing an injured Mitchell Marsh, who oh, it's hard to know where to place him in, and the missing Steve Smith. So there is pieces missing. And I think Aaron Finch, the captain, has got to be the one. Very similar to Owen Morgan, doesn't perform, but is he the right leader for the team? It's a it's a different conversation to have, and maybe a difficult one to have with the skipper. Alex Carey comes of age in one day international cricket, scores 56 off 61. Sean Abbott, who is a an amazingly talented cricketer, could potentially play all formats at some stage for this Australian team. He scores 49 of 40 and Cameron Green 34 of 47. They get them up to 210. But Harris Ralph, Shane Shahafridi and Mohamed Wazim, 3 for 40, really did the damage for them. And then, is it a cakewalk? Oh, you've knocked off 214 for one in 37.5 overs. And who has done it again? Iman Ohak, 89 not out of 100 balls. Babarazam, 105 off 115 balls. Babarazam is just, he's living in a different world. Since the last World Cup rolled around, Babarazam, we don't play as much one-day international cricket as we used to, but he's scored over 1,000 runs. He's done it an average of 87, which is better than anyone else. His, his 1,048 runs is the second best. His strike rate, let me get this straight for you. Out of anyone scoring over 650 runs, his is the best. Better than Kohli, better than Taminik Bao, better than KL Rahul, better than Shikadawan, better than Quinton de Kock. In fact, you've got to go down to 637 runs to find Johnny Bairstow scores at a rate of 110. That's quite remarkable. But what makes it even more remarkable is that he scored the most hundreds in this time, 600s, 350s. Add them together, that's nine innings where he scored more than 50. He has only played 14 games of cricket and had 14 innings. That is incredible. Hands down, the best one-day international cricketer in the world. And don't don't overlook Emmanuel Hacks. Just amazing presence during the season. In fact, both of them, both scored 200s, both scored a 50. Emmanuel Hack, 298 runs, most in the series, highest of 106. Average of 149 and a strike rate over 100. Babarazam, 276 runs. 200s, 150, a strike rate of one or two. It's 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 incredible, actually. And Fakir Zaman, up at the top, average 34 and 108 strike rate. These are absolutely amazing numbers being put together by this Pakistan team at the moment. And they're a Pakistan team that in no way, shape or form should you be overlooking come World Cup time. Sure, we look at their record since the last World Cup rolled around. They've played 14 games, that's Babarazan playing every single one, and quite rightly so. Won eight, lost five, tied one. It's not bad. But in terms of kind of win-loss ratio, England are above them, 
and Bangladesh are above them, and New Zealand, who's only lost one during that time. But likewise, they've only played nine games. It's been three years since the World Cup revolved around. Is is one day international cricket the most dying format going around? And it's quite painful. There's not more formats, not more formats. We definitely don't need more formats, but there's not more one day international cricket rolling around. Because it's so good when it does, and it, it lasts a whole day, which is great. It's a great day out for all the family to go and watch it. And it produces some amazing, meaningful cricket, and you get to see structure, more structure of innings going around. And that's what you've seen a lot from Barbara Zamanimo or Hack. You've just seen quality cricket, quality cricket shots, doing it on a high stage against a really world-class team like Australia. I may be harsh on Aaron Finch, but Aaron Finch, as a a white ball specimen that he is. He's, he's a monster. He can hit a long ball. He hits a good ball. He's getting rather susceptible. In one day international cricket, he's averaging seven this year. But this is the first time he's played one day international cricket since 2020. And uh, you've got to go back to 2016 for the last time he averaged under 40 in a calendar year. Likewise, his T20 average for Australia since 2018 has come down from 40 to 35 to 33 to 28 to 15. Is it the decline of Aaron Finch? I think one thing that's great about this Pakistan team is the quality of the bowling attack. Yeah, you've got Shine Shahafridi, six wickets. He's always a danger with that new ball. But he went at less than a run of ball in games where there was over 300 in two of them. So I think that's a fine performance from him in a strike rate of 18 with the ball. That's a wicket every three overs. He's just incredible. He's a handy, handy cricketer. Harris Ralph is quick enough and good enough. 5.21 economy rate, five wickets in average of 28 in the series. That's the best for Pakistan by a long way. They are a good spinning team. They're missing Shabak Khan for this series. Likewise, Australia are probably going to be looking at it going, we're a little bit disappointed with this, with our bowling attack. Stoinis, one for 32. Didn't bowl that much, but his economy rate was fine. And Zampa, six wickets, going at 26 and a 5.48 run, uh, run rate. That's that's fine. That's Zampa-type stuff. Cameron Green, 12 overs, went at sixes, no wickets. Berendorf, no wickets for 51. Travis Head, two wickets for 72. More of a fill-in. Ellis didn't show me that he's an international cricketer with his three wickets at 140. Mitchell Swepson, two wickets at 103. And Sean Abbott, one for 125 at a 6.57 economy rate. You want to look at it. You want to go, why did you lose the series even though you scored a whole bunch of runs? Is Even the fact there was a whole bunch of runs on the board, the Pakistani bowling attack picked up wickets. This Australian team did not pick up wickets. In fact, there was only 14, 15 wickets taken for Australia during the whole series. You put that in comparison, Pakistan went and took 24. They played on the same pitches, similar conditions. You know, the pitch doesn't change that much the whole time. So it's, it, it is disappointing for Australia that they've not been able to step up. They've not been able to win the series. But it will be a great learning experience. None of these guys would have played in Pakistan before. They've played some test cricket. They won the series. That's fantastic. They've played one-day cricket now there. That's awesome. And they've got one T20 coming up, which, again, is only going to aid to the experience of quite a lot of young, inexperienced players in this team and hopefully make them better going forward. And the last thing that shouldn't be overlooked is how much this will mean for Pakistan cricket. Fans. They've had a huge exodus of teams over the years and then people saying, oh yeah, I'm going to come round. I'll be there at eight, mate. And then, sorry, New Zealand, England cancelling at the last minute. New Zealand through security concerns, never quite been released what they were. England through bubble fatigue. So this, this cricket-loving, cricket-passionate nation have been deprived of high-quality cricket for a long time. They've got the PSL. They've got a great 
first class system and one day competition that's been revamped over recent years. And that, that's wonderful. But it doesn't beat watching your team play against the best in the world. And this Australian team is one of the best in the world, given any format that comes up. They're number one in Test Match Cricket. They won the T20 World Cup. They'll always be in a conversation when World Cup revolves around around one day international cricket, given their lineage around the competition. And it, it's just huge for this Pakistan team to go and pick up a win. And you know, I saw things going, oh, yeah, ultra-dominant Pakistan team. They're a good Pakistan team. They're a growing Pakistan team. They're a getting-better Pakistan team. But when you look at the world rankings, particularly around one-day international cricket, they're only seventh in the world. They've got Bangladesh in front of them. And that's not, I'm not going, oh, you're behind Bangladesh. But it is going, you're behind Bangladesh. And there's a reason you're behind Bangladesh. One, you've probably not played as much cricket as what you want. And two, you've not been as good as, as what you want. They're sixth in the world in the ICC Test Match Rankings. That's fine. They're, they're getting better. And they're third in the world in T20 rankings. So they'd like their one-day form to kind of coincide with how good they've been in T20 cricket for a long period of time. They've won the T20 World Cup. Plenty of teams haven't. And Australia sit third in the world in the in the ICC ODI rankings. And that's fine as well. They're one of the best teams in the world. They're sixth in the ICC Test Match rankings. But does this tell us that there's no point in the rankings? Because all that matters is what happens in the World Cup. And that's the thing you remember. And I don't think these been updated since the game. But Babra Zam sits number one in the world and Imano Haq number 10 in the world in the IC batter ranking. And Babra Zam is a country mile above Virat Kohli. He's just, he's just an incredible cricketer. I like his, I think it's his composure that kind of sticks out the most. He never feels like he's really reaching for things. He's just got control of the situation no matter what's going on around him. And that's going to do it. So let us know what you guys think around this series, how good have Pakistan been and how legitimate is their chase for a Cricket World Cup in 2023. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll be back with the County Championship preview in the next couple of days. We'll see you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.